This is Andy. And this is Chelsea. Welcome to Hugging and Learning, the podcast on which we rewatch very special episodes of television from the past to see what they have to teach us today. Today, we are doing What's Happening. It's a return to What's Happeningville, <laughs> <laughs> to all the What's Happening denizens. Uh, the episode's called Rerun Seize the Light, uh, Season 2, Episode 18, first aired February 11th, 1978, and it was written by Tad Mumford. Yeah, you can watch this on Sony Crackle. This was my first experience watching something on did Sony Crackle. Did you watch Crackle. it on Crackle? I totally did. It oh. was free. I had to watch oh. some ads, like, you mm. know, if you don't pay for Hulu. Sure. Um, but it was, like, very good quality and free. And That's nice. Didn't have to download anything. When you were looking it up, did you see where this episode falls in the production order? Yeah, immediately after the right Doobie after. Brothers episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I feel like they missed an opportunity to carry over reruns of motions <laughs> from the previous one. He goes looking for religion on account of the doobie disappointment he's suffering. Exactly. Uh, Let's do it real quick. You wrote what? Yeah. Uh, For Tad Mumford. I'm assuming it's Tad. It's T-H-A-D. And I want to think the best of this dude and think that he didn't call himself Thad. It could be short for Thaddeus. It might be, but still needs to be Tad. Mm. I don't have, uh, there are a lot of things here uh, that Tad Mumford wrote. Uh, so I just selected three examples. He wrote episode one of the Captain and Tennille show. Just episode one. Just the first one. <laughs> and he was like, I'm out. <laughs> I've You're said on your all own, I Captain. <laughs> I feel like the Captain and Tennille show is is just ripe for going down with the ship puns. Yeah. If it goes wrong. Yeah. Which I can't imagine it went right. Well, um, you know, the original name of the Captain and Tennille no. was the Dragon and Tennille. What? Yeah, brother called himself the dragon. <laughs> it might have just been dragon. Fuck. Yeah, it's stupid. Uh, he wrote four episodes of Alf, including uh-huh. one episode where Alf uh, becomes a horse track bookie. <laughs> yes. Love it. Uh-huh. And then he also wrote 72 episodes of Blue's Clues. 72. You know what someone told me the other day? If you are making children's programming and you are not Blue's Clues, you can't use the word clue. What? They have like trademarked it in children's oh, entertainment. This is hearsay. What if I spell it C-L-U with umlauts over it? Then it's fine. Yay! Or if you have a band called Motley Clue. Motley Clue! go around solving oh, crimes. Oh, I fucking trademark this idea. <laughs> it's a kid's show where the, the members of Motley Crue help you figure out a little mystery. Yep, Motley Clue. And I guess the Klux Klan will never get into children's entertainment now. Nope, not at all. I think it's okay if you spell anything with a K because that makes it a garbage word and not the same. Take that, kicking. (laughs) Okay, so the show, What's Happening, ran for three seasons, 1976 to 1979. It is set in the Watts neighborhood of South L.A., um, a working-class black community. Immediately in the the aftermath of the Watts riots of the Mm. 70s, The show was an immediate hit. It was the first African-American teen sitcom to break into the Nielsen Top 30, which it accomplished in its very first season. So it wasn't on the air for long, but it was a very, very popular show, and it caught on immediately. That's good. It's a good show. I mean, I realized 
I think last time we did this, I was like, oh, there was a thing in here that my brother and sister and I quoted all the time. And there is another one in this one. So I hey, hey, feel hey. like, well, I mean, you know, that's just part of my life. Yeah. Um, as me, the Dwayne of the group here. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, a Raj? Uh, yeah, it was the original Sex in the City character thing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think we watched this uh, a bajillion times over uh, growing up when it was on syndication, I guess, in the yeah. mid 80s. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great show. Go fucking watch it if you never watched it. Yeah, I don't remember watching this. It was on before I was born. Sure. I don't remember watching very much of this as a kid, but, um, but seeing spurts of it, and then obviously it's part of like the cultural zeitgeist. I would have thought it was on for longer, actually, mm-hmm. because of the impact that it made. Catchphrases and... And uh, berets and things. Sure. Side guest is a welcome ghost. <laughs> yes. He's the spirit of your Psychist. guest bedroom. <laughs> yes. So let's get into our snack for today. Holy shit. Lest we forget. Yeah. The I... Levi Petrie Snack Time Memorial Hour, except he's still except alive. Except he's still alive. I found these at the grocery store. Well, first I saw them online and then I went looking for them. Sure. These are Hershey's Kisses Hot Cocoa. Mm-hmm. They're milk, a milk chocolate shell with a marshmallow flavored creme inside. So I think you bite into this and it, it's like a bit of a Cadbury egg situation, but it's supposed to taste like hot cocoa and marshmallows. Okay. with it yeah I'm not like overwhelmed no it doesn't it just tastes like chocolate with the idea of marshmallow in it it's not mm. i'm not getting cocoa out of it no and i i don't actually really like hershey's chocolate i don't know if it's gone downhill since we were kids mm. or my palate's just more refined or what it is but it just tastes very chemically and like yeah. a little bit like pennies well anytime me. you're you're introducing more like because this is not spoiler alert there aren't marshmallows in this. No. Like it's uh, I'm pretty sure they have to spell marshmallow with a you know the incorrect letter somewhere. <laughs> Technically they've spelled hot cocoa with marshmallows so that's not Mm-mm. you can't sue them for false advertising. Uh but yeah, it tastes like gloppy chocolate and gloppy innards. Yeah, I mean, it, I would give this a C minus. Yeah, it's, that feels like the the exact thing, like C minus. It's just, it's fine. Yeah, whatever. Don't you can walk, don't run, <laughs> or you can just fucking stay at home. Or just don't give, walk. Just give it. You know what you can <laughs> actually don't do walk. is just make yourself a real good cup of hot cocoa. Yeah, that's the other thing. This just makes me think of hot cocoa and how awesome that would be. And then I eat this, and I'm like, well, this is like this. If it's the future. And we get space rations for hot cocoa. Right. This will be what they give us. And we'll stare out into the void of the space dystopia that we live in and be like, <laughs> remember real hot chocolate? Uh, let's talk about a goddamn episode of television. Let's How about do that? do it. We start this in Rob's place, the diner, uh, the, the, the hangout spot for Raj, yeah. Dwayne, and Rewan, which make up the core gang uh, of what's happening. Yep. Uh, and today we are only seeing Raj and Dwayne come in. And the first thing I notice is that that unlike a lot of sitcoms, which again, three camera, multi-cam sitcoms, if you want to write one, just have a character say something normal and then somebody says the shittiest the thing shittiest possible. Thing. 
the big difference with what's happening is their characters genuinely celebrate the shittiest thing possible that they just said. They are overwhelmed at their own humor. Dwayne especially laughs at his own jokes. For real. Every single time he says anything remotely comical, he yeah. laughs harder than anybody. Always always looking for a high five. Yeah, yes. Is that Dwayne? So we're at Rob's place, and today we're being waited on by Rob and not Shirley, the acerbic waitress we all love. And I was like... Shirley's yeah. to the beauty parlor. I see no reason to continue watching this episode. Well, see, there's where you're wrong, because they supplement the Shirley intake with, with plenty more Ma. Yeah, it's which true. Which I'm into. It's true. You know, the funny thing is both Shirley and Ma, those are there, are Shirley and Maybell, which is Ma's character's name. Mm-hmm. That's both of those actresses' real names. Sure. So we have a double up Tony situation. Double Tony Dancer. We have Shirley and Shirley and Mabel and Mabel. Don't look up double Tony Dancer on the internet. It means something else. <laughs> Not great. So, it's where, all right, I'll give you a hint. Half of it is you kick a trash can. <laughs> That's where it starts. <laughs> uh, Raj and Dwayne order cheeseburgers, and they are soon joined by Rerun, mm-hmm. their third, the third member of their crew, who is smiling sort of dreamily and staring off into space. And he tells them he's just made a date with the woman of his dreams, and the fat jokes begin yeah. immediately. Fucking Dwayne says, "Which one, Sarah Lee?" And that's fine. I think we talked at, at length last time about the problematic fat joke situation here, and it's not going to get much better in this. Um, there are so many fat jokes, but you know what the you know what the interesting thing is? Because yeah. of course I went to Mental Floss, which is you know where I hang out on the internet, yeah, yeah. and there is an article, uh, things you might not know about what's happening, and most of it is sort of like behind the scenes trivia about the show. That's all exciting, but then. Number six on this list is Rerun was written as a skinny white kid. Huh. In the original script, the character that became Rerun was written as a skinny white kid. When Fred Berry was informed of this after showing up for the audition, he insisted to the producers that I am a skinny white kid, which that's pretty hilarious. And they liked him so much that the role was rewritten accordingly. But I'm like, what on earth would they have done with this character? It would have been a lot of His like, whole character yeah. is being fat and being made fun of for being fat and dumb. And Raj is is a, a skinny individual, so it would have just been like, what are you going to joke about? Yeah. I feel like it would What been, would they have done with this character if he were a skinny white <laughs> it would have kid? Just been, the episodes would have been the exact same, except there would just been like long pauses. Right. And compliments. Oh my, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> would have been a very much You look very, very trim. Different show. You too, Raj. <laughs> Cricket. Uh, so rerun. Oh, by down. the way, my favorite rejoinder after no rejoinder, my favorite comeback uh, after the the Sarah Lee comment is rerun just looks at him and he goes, "No, chump." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> fuck you." Basically. So now we have the call to adventure. Actually, we missed the call to adventure. Mm-hmm. It was off off screen, but uh, now we're getting the recap of the call to adventure, which is that rerun has revealed that a beautiful woman who his best friends don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll be meeting him here in a few minutes for their date, which is going to church. And they're going to meet the high priest of the Baba Room Baba people. Baba Rum Baba. Baba Rum Baba people. Um, and he looks like he's in a daze. He's just sort of yeah. staring into space. Mm-hmm. And Raj and Dwayne are justifiably confused. And they only get more confused the more he tells them. He's like, this woman's name is, her name is Life is Love. That's a confusing thing to yeah. do. He met her when she was playing a tambourine on the corner of Fifth and La Brea. She's going to make him her special project, and he's going to go with her to this church. And that's all the call to adventure. Yeah. He's like, she's coming to meet me. We're going to go. Uh, she and, and this is where it becomes uh, 
mostly problem problematic. We'll get to it later, but the way that they meet is he's eating a Twinkie, and she says you shouldn't eat unhealthy food, and so he's not eating. Yeah, she negs him right on right out of the gate. <laughs> yeah, that's what you need. <laughs> Reruns, uh, reruns, not gonna wait a second. So I've got a, I've got Google Maps up here. Oh wait, that's not correct. Oh, sorry. I want to see where Fifth and La Brea is. I assume it's near Watts. You would assume so. But as we've learned in sitcom geography, it really it could be nowhere. It could be two streets that don't intersect. Oh yeah, Fifth and and La Brea are both uh, north south streets. Yep. Jesus Christ, live in Los Angeles, Los Angeles writers. <laughs> Fucking look at a map. So we have a short meeting with the mentor here, which is uh, Raj. Raj is a very analytical individual. He Mm. likes to think things through for the most part and weigh the pros and cons of things. And he says, there are a lot of new religions out there doing good work, but you got to be careful of these fly-by-night religious cults. You can't believe everything you hear. And Dwayne backs Raj up. He's like, oh, yeah, you got to be careful out there. Yeah, absolutely. you got to be careful. A fucking anything. Anybody who comes up and tells you they've got any of the answers, you got to be careful of. I'm actually surprised that this uh, episode or this, yeah, this television show takes a, hey, there's some good creepy yeah, religions I was, out there. I was surprised by that, too, because uh, this was the hate. The 70s was sure. sort of the hate. This is just the Hare Krishnas is what they're doing or well, offshoots of Hare Krishnas. But also uh, at the time there were the Self-Realization Fellowship. The Hare mm. Krishnas and the Self-Realization Fellowship are very innocuous in terms of new things spreading up in the 70s. This is also the time of the Manson family, sure. the People's Temple, which is Jim Jones, mm-hmm. the Unification Church, which is the Moonies, Scientology, Heaven's Gate was going on, even though they didn't all kill themselves till 1997. So there, the 70s was like cult central. Sure. I feel like falling in with the Harry Krishnas would be the least of your worries. That would be like a good outcome yeah, at this or point. Or the, the Moonies as well, if they're not the same thing. Who were the people in Chicago that made delicious French toast for us? What? Victory's Banner? Yeah. Yeah, that was. There's a restaurant in Chicago called Victory's Banner, which vegetarian is run restaurant. by yeah, vegetarian restaurant yeah. run by a, a religious group that you know. Yeah. I don't know what they believe in, but I believe they had some delicious French toast. The Moonies are the ones that do multiple thousand person weddings, and you don't. I think you don't get to pick who you get married I think to so either. They also, so they also have some involvement with beer. Do the Moonies? They're like know. they have investments in like old style or something like what? that. Yeah, it's weird. I heard that. In Los Feliz, the Alcove Bakery and Restaurant used to be a Mooney's recruiting center. Sure. It seems like it. Yeah. And now it's even worse. It's a place where screenwriters hang out. <laughs> oh. I had somebody who refused to go on a date with me because I suggested the Alcove. And they're like, what? Yeah, I know. Just suggest something else if you don't like a place. I was like, you don't like that? She she was like, are you fucking kidding? And I'm like, no. What? It's a fine enough place to sit around. She's like, uh, I don't think this is going to work. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, Alcove's basically. great. I like it. I also I went on a date there. with somebody recently who one of the first things they said is, I hate board games. Mm-mm. Who the fuck are these people? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Look, I've got my own problems, but no wonder you're still alone. You no, know what I'm saying? no. Well, first of all, board games is a very broad category. It is. Maybe you hate checkers. Do you also hate taboo? Do you also hate the MacGyver escape room game? This is a broad <laughs> spectrum. Come on, jerk. Do you hate Monopoly? What about Monopoly Go? <laughs> what? It's the shorter version of Monopoly. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. Let's do that. Well, I know one person who will not be joining us. 
yes. So, uh, okay. So now we're in. So now we are. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for cult gossip. <laughs> cult and gossip. Andy's dating hour. <laughs> cult gossip and Andy's dating hour is cults. Uh, just to recap, cults weird. Andy not doing great with dating. <laughs> this is our backdoor pilot for our second podcast. <laughs> Cults and dating. Yeah. So now we're in the special world and we have, we crossed the first threshold when life is love crosses the literal threshold into the diner. Mm. I feel like we've had a lot of literal threshold crossings lately. It's, I mean, it's genuinely a way to like. A character comes in that we haven't seen comes in into our safe space. Yeah, exactly. And she sort of swans up to the table. She's very beautiful. She has, essentially she's dressed in a toga with flowers in her hair. And instead of greeting the boys with handshakes, she sort of wiggles her fingers she at them the like thing. she's casting a spell. Yeah, if you want, if you want, if you want to picture this, imagine a five-year-old pretending to do magic. <laughs> And yes. she's doing that right at people, <laughs> which I would immediately, I'd be like, you got to go, lady. Well, we're obviously not supposed to take her seriously. No. Like, we, there is no, there is no, oh, maybe she's really out here doing good work. This is, re, sure. this is rerun is a dum-dum. I mean, the audience is not on board for a, a hot no, second. No, She and rerun start tambourining and singing, um, shalagum, um, shalagum, shock, shock. I wrote this down phonetically. Yeah, same here. In the cafe. Um, shalagum, shock, shock. And they're, everyone in the cafe is staring at them, and they go off so they won't be late for the service. And I immediately can't wait to see what the inside of this temple place yeah, looks yeah, like. Yeah. That's you will not be disappointed my favorite past thing. Chelsea. So Rob, the proprietor of the diner, comes back with the cheeseburgers, and he identifies Life is Love as a woman named Wanda Jordan. Yeah. And he's like, she's a con artist. She, she's tried to pass off counterfeit bills on me. She's a she's no good. But Raj, again, you know, analytical, says maybe she used to be bad news, but perhaps she's changed because of this new church that she's in, and we should give her the benefit of the doubt. And Rob's like, no, son, this is all bad. This is <laughs> yeah, Rob's all, like, I'll be bad. Do what you want, yeah. dummy. Uh, there is a great moment where right after rerun and life is love, Wanda Jordan leave. Uh, there's just a five second long take of of Rob just staring off after them, just yeah, like just... just disappointed and shocked. <laughs> it's fed. It goes on just too long and it's hilarious. So, I, th- I thought that was going to be the button. Like I thought his judgmental look was going to be the end of the yeah. scene, and then we had more scene. But that's how long it went on. That I was like, I think this is the end. It's an interesting choice, but I mean, we're not telling this from reruns point of view specifically. This is going to no. be from this is sort of Raj's journey yeah. uh, that turns into reruns learning a lesson. Yeah, it's a tough one in terms of the hero's journey. I, I would argue that it is rerun's journey, but he he doesn't actually... Well, we'll get to what how where we leave him at the end. Sure. But he gets suckered into this thing, and everyone immediately is like, no, this is bad. Don't trust her. Raj gives her the benefit of the doubt for five seconds. Yeah. But everyone is just like, she's looks like a Looney Tune. Sure. This is crazy. So everything you're describing is is ridiculous. Yes. So, so they go back to Raj's house, mm-hmm. and his mom Mabel is off to the PTA meeting, and she tells him he has to babysit his smart Which Alec little sister D. Is what happened last time. Yep. The last episode is like, I got plans. We'll take D with you. Is that just, that just must be I think an that that's ongoing fairly thing. common, especially sure. when there seems to be quite an age difference there. Yeah. Raj has already made plans to go to the movies with Rerun and Dwayne. Mm-hmm. So his mother says, you have to take D along and gives him enough money for both of their tickets. D takes the opportunity 
to rib her brother, saying that with her along, at least he won't embarrass himself by trying to hit on girls. And he calls himself Big Raj and uses a deep voice. Yep. So she says hit on girls, but it's mostly freak girls out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Dwayne comes over, and Dwayne's catchphrase, of course, is, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. That's a greeting. He comes over, and we get a shrug and a, hey, hey, hey. It's like a weird question mark yeah. inflection at the I've, end of that catchphrase. I had to rewind it. I was like, <laughs> do we just use it for everything? I think you do. I think it's his 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 version of Smurf. Yeah, because I think it was like, where's Rerun? Isn't he joining us? But it was like, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's confused about something else. Yeah. Yes. Maybe that's just how he indicates, like, you know, your dog wags his tail when he's, he's happy. Yeah, exactly. Dwayne, hey, 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 he's... When he's confused. When he's confused. Uh, Raj is worried about Rerun and wonders mm-hmm. how we're going to tell him that life is love is a fake. They have decided that this isn't this isn't working. They're going to have to tell him. They're they're you know they're going to sit him down. And of course, the fat jokes are flying. Right. This Just whole time, it, he's they they fly when he's in the room. They fly when he's not in the room. The the whole thing is they didn't have the information about her being a con artist before, but now they have it. Yeah. And he's coming over, and they're like, we have to tell him. Absolutely. And. Rerun comes over and immediately bails on the movie plan. He says he has to go to a very important Baba Rumba people meeting. Baba Rumbaba, come on. I'm sorry, man. Baba Rumbaba people Fucking meeting. respect other people's <laughs> religions. No, I can't. I have no tolerance for the Baba Rumbaba people. Um, At least you said it right. Yeah. So Raj says, sit down. I have to tell you something about life is love. And this is the point. This is the point where I start to say, oh, no. I think the writers are painting themselves into a corner in terms of what they can hope to accomplish by the end of this episode. Yeah, maybe. I didn't well, really feel like they had high high goals on that one anyway. Well, because Rerun says, oh, you want to tell me the truth about life is love. The truth is that she's inspired me to go on a diet and lose weight, buckle down and do better in school, and have some respect for myself. So what other truth do you have to add to this? Well, here's where... This is the way I I took it because I understand that it's like, hey, this is doing good work for you. They immediately undo this when it's like he has to give them money. No, they do. But what I'm saying is he has come to realizations about his life and Mm -hmm. how unsatisfied he is with his life. Right. Because she has pointed this out to him and it's rung true for him. Right. So he is a happy-go-lucky guy. He can feel the fat jokes. He doesn't care about being called dumb. He goes Mm. through his life sort of like coasting on this cloud of of mediocrity but being happy with what who he is sure. and what he does right. and here comes this person who's like no no you're really unhappy you're really not living up to your potential so what do you take that as do you do you feel like that's that's a, a religion doing some good work even though no it's... this is full-on cult yeah. indoctrination but what i'm saying is in terms of the what the writers have now set out is a gauntlet where he has to figure out that this is a scam, but he still has the unhappiness with his life that's been instilled. Sure. And that has to be resolved. That's, that's, so he can go back to the next episode being happy go lucky. Right. I completely understand what you're thinking. The writers did not consider this. No, for a and they don't do it. Because here's the, here's what I took away from this moment. Because the way that the scene plays out is, uh, rerun says, you know, I'm eating better. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. 
And Raj gives up. He's like, well, I'm not going to say anything then. Yeah. And they just go to the movies. They also don't know that he's given them any money yet. So it's like, that's true. If, if this is just a bunch of woo-woo craziness, right. but it's doing good for you, then who am I to say? And I don't, I've, I've watched this a few times and honestly, it really felt like the, and I don't know the exact line. Maybe you just quoted it directly. It really felt like they looked at him and they're like, I mean, yeah, maybe it's a cult, but he's going to lose weight. And that's what's really important. Yeah, they Which do make like, that a big that, part of this. Does I mean, it feel starts like, with the Twinkie. Yeah, it does feel like that's that's the central theme is like their, their conflict is, uh, but could you imagine if Rerun lost weight, though? That's worth whatever. Yeah. I mean, and he also says she's the first person who believed in me basically sure. believed i could do these things hey you're in a room with your best fucking yeah. friends this is what i'm saying <laughs> this is so much darker than they intended this is incredibly dark you're right yeah this i is- was just looking at it from the the well who cares if our friend gets bamboozled by a fly-by-night religion as long as he loses a couple pounds you're saying like he doesn't the he's bottom like, has dropped out of his life ever cared about me ever and they're like but do you want to go to the movie though? Right, and and he's just like I gotta go. And so- they they did not intend this. You're right. This is a very dark, <laughs> this is a very dark episode of what's happening. <laughs> so he leaves, and they all go to the movies. They get back from the movies, and now we have a bit where Dwayne is afraid of aliens now because they saw an alien movie, and Dee like- is making fun of him. Is this? Did Werner Herzog enjoy this? <laughs> this is just like is a very it? bleak voiceover narration. Is this actually called What Has Occurred? <laughs> what Has Occurred? Uh, what Has Your Occurred? Your life is falling apart in front of you. Um, Raj says, oh man, the movies just weren't the same without Rerun. And D says, D says, this is horrifying. Uh, the One of the worst ones. It must have been nice to go to the movies and not have everyone think your friend is the screen. It's like fucking, fucking out of order, D. Especially, especially after your friend has just been like, man, my life's finally on the right track because nobody loves me yeah. except for this person I've known for two days. They don't let up. They don't, yeah, that's it. Raj says, D, you, you sound tired. You should go to bed. And she <laughs> and she fucking does because this actress once again delivers fully half of her lines to the floor. It's true. I thought it was a doobie spell she was under. <laughs> no. I this thought is just, that she was embarrassed in front of the doobie the brothers. She does this it. is the way she does we it. We did miss my favorite thing. Uh, so this obviously these two scenes take place the same exact static shot in the same set. So in order to to indicate the passage of time, they do this really 70s blue bars like yes. coming onto the screen. And like it's like a blue yes. bar vertical line wipe that is just mwah, the yeah. 70s. Here's the other thing uh, is D D is is taking the stance of we don't need to worry about this because rerun is probably he's obsessed with it now, but he's gonna give it up. Right. Like he always does. Which is not a nice thing to say about people. No, but it's general. also kind of like absolves you of the responsibility of even caring about your it friend. Does. But here's the thing is she says very specific things. Yep. Uh she's like yeah, he, when he wanted to be a dancer or a nightclub comedian or a tree surgeon. And that's it's a little bit self-aware for a sitcom to be like anything that a character gets obsessed with is only going to be one episode long. Right. I went back and looked and unless there be plots, there is only one uh, episode that, that uh, is one of the things that D describes here. It's season one, episode four, my three tons. Fuck you. Uh, rerun auditions for the rockets, a dance troupe. The rockets, um, the male rockets. Yeah, it's pretty much that. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Uh, Fred Berry? 
Yeah. Fred Berry was actually, it's his dance troupe that yes. he was actually in That's, that appears in the episode. Yes, that is in the uh, Mental Floss episode And also, if you're going uh, to do this, D, why don't you mention his brief fling with Doobie Brother bootlegging? <laughs> right. The Rockets were... The uh, the real life dance group, the Lockers, yeah, of which he was a founding member. And if you've ever seen the fucking, he's, he's he made a dance very famous, the rerun dance, yep. which is incredibly athletic and talented to be able to do it. He's doing like remember when he was doing those seat kicks? Yep, there's real talent behind those, those seat kicks. kicks were amazing. <laughs> he, he that dude can kick higher than his head. Yeah, and like he's awesome. jumping around and shit like that. So yeah, uh, I mean. Uh, I, I feel bad for Fred Berry. I feel bad for any fat characters in sitcoms that are just like completely fucking shit on uh, the yeah, whole time. Yeah, where it just it feels like what else can we possibly talk about about yeah. this guy? Can anyone mention his name without making a fat joke? In this episode, you can't. It's every it's every other line. Yeah, and I'm kind of like, no wonder he wants some new fucking friends. How about it? Dude, um, maybe forty-two bucks isn't that much. To yeah, really. Pay. Just another, just quick trivia point because I didn't know where to put this in. But mm-hmm. Raj, Rerun, and Dwayne are all high school students. Although we find out soon that uh, yeah. that that uh, Rerun Rerun's a bit older. But the, in terms of the actors, Dwayne was sixteen when the show premiered. He was mm-hmm. the only Haywood Nelson was the only actor who was actually a teenager. The guy that played Raj was twenty-six, and the guy that played Rerun was twenty-five. So they were a full 10 years older than the guy that played Dwayne, which yeah. is pretty significant. It is. 16 to 26 is a pretty significant age difference. It is. I just uh, thought that was an interesting bit of trivia. Sure. So as soon as D says, Rerun's going to get bored and snap out of this the way he gets bored with everything, we get a knock at the door and Rerun enters in his knockoff Hare Krishna garb. Mm-hmm. He's got on like a onesie robe with a sash. Yep. He's got a tambourine. The glazed eyes of a man who has never known sleep. And uh oh. He shaved his head. Man. The audience loses yeah, it. Yeah, for real. Loses it. Hey, speaking of things that have not held up well to uh, HD technology, this bald cap. <gasps> it's over his afro. It's it's, not great. It makes him look like he has some, uh, some uh, uh, what are they, meningitis. Yeah, it does. I said it's less of a bald cap and more of a bald fedora. <laughs> Because it's just, it's poofy, and it's also clearly restricting his head movement. Yes. <laughs> like, he has to turn his whole body to look at people. It's fantastic. So that's where we end Act 1, uh, with the audience losing their ever-loving fucking mind <laughs> yes. on this. Uh, we come back to the exact same shot. Yeah. Uh, with, with you know, the audience still in hysterics. Of course, D uh, says rerun looks like Mount Baldy. Yep. Which is an L.A.-based fat joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, rerun says that he is no longer rerun, but he is Abu Wazir Rotundo, meaning the great, the, the large, large happy, happy one, one who sips the lotus. Uh, audience shits themselves laughing yeah, at this new name. But wait, Chelsea, that audience ain't heard nothing yet. They make fun of him, and he says, don't worry, Ralph is not a vengeful god. And they're like, you worship a god named Ralph. And then Rerun uh, uh, lets them know that Ralph is actually a head of lettuce. They Ralph worship is a head of lettuce. A head of lettuce. Here's the thing, and I get it. It's, it's very hilarious. And also, somebody in the audience starts talking. Did yeah, I heard I was that. Like, I couldn't understand what they were saying. I tried to hear what it saying. was. Yeah, I rewound it, but I couldn't they hear. They were just like, somebody's just chatting away. Like, yep. you got their opinion on this whole Ralph situation. And I, you sort of hear them fade out, and I'm like, are they quieting down or being led away? Right. It was probably a pause.
Rastafarian. They were probably yeah, really they were upset like, about this. Rastafarian. Oh my gosh. That's legit. That is the uh, the flying noodle monster. Yes. The, the, yes. And, flying and spaghetti monster. Flying spaghetti spaghetti monster. I actually ascribe to the entire noodle family. Uh-huh. Few silly monsters, <laughs> well, lasagna monsters. Rewen has talked to Rob back at the cafe at some point, and Rob has told him that this woman's name is really Wanda, and yeah. she's a con artist, and she's no good. And he and he, he has this information, and he doesn't care about it. Well, also that Rob tells him apparently that he told Dwayne and Raj about the thing because he's like, I know you guys doubt her, and it's like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But he's like, yeah, you can think whatever you want, you can say whatever you want. All I know is that like this is all great, and Ralph, the head of lettuce, is the symbol of all that is natural, clean, and pure, and the lettuce is uh, only a symbol. Mother Nature is who they really worship. See, she is their divinity. It's the, it's this thing where I. Are you I, saying that there are loopholes? Maybe this hasn't been completely thought out. This, maybe. Uh, this crazy no, flat No, no, no I'm cult. going the other way with it because every time they do something like this, I'm like, well, how is that any... I, I find myself coming to the defense of this stupid episode, stupid religion, <laughs> with being like, well, how is that any goofier than, you know, some gold plates and a hat or, you know, this or that or the other, or a burning bush. How is this religious symbolism any different than any other kooky religious symbolism? It isn't. And they also do this thing where every time someone questions it, they're just like, well, that's just a symbol. You weren't meant to take that literally, you know? So it's sort of, it's a very fluid uh, sort of uh, doctrine, which enables them to just keep keep people's questions at bay. That I get. I'm just saying like... until okay, see here's my here's my stance is until they get to the point where rerun says they are taking all of my money. Right. Until then, this religion is is doing m- more good than harm. It's not great. He certainly shaved his head. He's really fallen head over heels in love with this religion. He's too got meningitis. Quickly. He's what's that? Meningitis. What's up, buddy? Under his bald cap, he's got meningitis. What's that? Inflammation of the brain. I made that joke a few moments ago and you acted like you understood what that was. Because the ball cap is so bad that it looks like he has meningitis. I was probably thinking of something else I was going to say. Okay. It's doing more harm than good. I can't wait to hear my reaction to this joke later. Man, I can't wait to hear how much I enjoyed the joke the first time. How much you fake understood. (laughs) I can't wait to hear what my laugh sounds like when I'm looking at my notes saying, what's a funny thing I could say? Rerun says, you can scoff all you want, but I've found peace and tranquility, and I wish that you could do the same. Uh, yeah, and he looks like he's got meningitis, so, I mean, mm-hmm. it's all good there. Uh, Raj asks the next logical question, which is the question you ask of a person if you suspect they're in a cult. Mm-hmm. Have they asked you for any money? Yeah. And Raj says, yeah, I've given them $43. Rerun. I'm sorry. Uh, keep... It's Raj, right. those two character names are too close together. I get it. They, used, they were almost too identically looking, looking right. people as well. Rerun says, yes, I've given them $43. That's $174 yeah, in 2019 money. It is. But he says, uh, it's fine because it doesn't matter. I have no longer have any need of money. It's not important. All Baba Roombabas give up all their worldly possessions. And Raj yells, don't you see they're making a fool out of you? And reruns like, but I, I don't see it that way, and I don't expect you to understand because you don't have the inner peace that I have. And yeah. this is classic 
cult speak, the you can't understand unless you come with me sure. argument. He's clearly repeating something that's been told to him. Like, people will not understand. Yeah, just tell them they can't understand until they come with you. Yeah. That's like a classic cult right. sort of recruitment As we, we, we discussed on the... Uh, Max Butin. Yeah, Max Butin episode. Is this second episode ever? Second episode. Wow, we've yep. come a long way since then. And I had this episode teed up in my mind to do because I saw it soon after we did that and then I was like I can't believe I've sat on it this long as much as I love cults I can't believe they've like waited we gotta parse them out do you know of any other cult episodes I'm sure there's gotta be right so yeah, he's he's off, uh, and is this where he this is where he mentions that he's been in the twelfth grade for three years? Yeah. So this is the thing. Rewind's like, I gotta go. I have to go to the temple to fast for three days in yeah. order to purify ourselves, all new members. Fast for three days and shave their heads, and then we give the high priest the money we would have spent on food and afro sheen, which is a fairly solid, good joke. Solid, solid. But then Raj says, "Look, I know you believe in all this, but is it really worth giving up everything you have?" And this is where it gets super dark. For me, okay. because oh, Rerun, it's not already super dark. Well, we're getting there, but this is where the even bottom drops out. <laughs> yes, because what has so imagine there's just like imagine there's just like a um like a soundtrack of of ominous bird song in the background sure. under this. Rerun says, "What did I have to give up? My life was a total zero. Mm. I'm overweight. I've been in the twelfth grade for three years. Maybe one day you'll come to know." what I have come to know. But until then, praise Ralph, praise him. He screams and runs out. But I'm like, oh shit. If you, even if they get him out of this cult and they manage to convince him that these people are con artists, he still thinks his life is worthless. Right. The cult has brought him to the point to get him to come to them for answers. They had to get him to the point where he felt like he didn't have the answers for his own life. And he's still going to be left in that place when this cult thing evaporates. Mm, truly, rerun must push the boulder up the hill again and again. Yeah, his life is a rerun. Hell is repetition. <laughs> that's why what his has name is rerun. <laughs> that's why his name is rerun. Hell is repetition. So now we're actually going to enter the inmost cave. Finally, we're going to go to the temple. Yeah, that's I'm it's, Yeah, it's it's everything that you could possibly imagine. It's kind of slapdash Buddhism. Uh, kind of themes here and there. It's a real potpourri of what's happening now. Like, um, we got Hare Krishna kind of robes. We have a head of lettuce on a dais. We have Buddhist-style floor cushions for meditating, sitting mm. and meditating, which they call squatting. Squatting. Um, although no one is there. No one's praying or meditating. But Rerun hears voices <laughs> Well, coming. first of all, he's going to deliver the best exposition. I guess no one's here or something, he says. Yeah, yeah he's like, I guess everyone left. It's like, <laughs> you are my twin brother, as you know. Well, here I am at this temple now, but I guess everyone's left. There's the head of lettuce I was talking about earlier. <laughs> there are pillows. <laughs> I'm <laughs> bald. Um, my so- name is Rerun. <laughs> but- what, better, what better tool in the writer's toolbox than characters announcing their own name all the time? All the time. So Rerun hears the high priest and priestess voices in the back room and kind of sneaks over there and they're counting money and he hears them say that tomorrow while all these fools are praying to lettuce they'll be on their way to tahiti with their cabbage yeah they've been apparently running this scam all over california just taking people for this money and then after three days they duck out um and now they're on their way to tahiti and they start making out and he's kind of crestfallen like he yeah and but, as much as he can be crestfallen and right. show any expression in that bald cap. <laughs> cap but 
It isn't until Wanda, life is love, yeah. makes a fat joke at his expense Lord. and starts cackling laughter that he actually, like, runs out. Well, that's because in his mind, he goes, oh, no, it turns out this woman I thought I was in love with is just as bad as my best friends in the entire world. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking bleak, man. <laughs> this is real fucked up. So he doesn't confront them or let them know he was there, or that he heard anything, and he sort of sneaks out and closes the door quietly. And weirdly for a... Weirdly for an approaching the inmost cave, we go back to Raj's house, and then we're going to come back to the Temple of the Supreme Ordeal. Yeah. I feel like this is dark enough. We can stop with the Joseph Candle. I think this needs to be reruns Inferno <laughs> by Dante. But he has no guide. None. He has no Virgil. He gets back to Raj's house, and he, he puts on his trademark beret over his bald cap. <laughs> yes. He's trying to get back to himself. He's still got the robe on, though. And he says, I can't believe I fell for that. <laughs> and Raj's mom is there now too. Yes. So it's the two his two best friends and D the sister and his mom Mabel. And he says, "Please nobody say I told you so." So of course D says, "But everybody did. did tell you so." He does say that, you know, he's he laments the fact that quote they made me shave off my dynamite fro. Yeah. It's solid. It's, it's a solid, solid line. Um, because the way he delivers it is great. And he doesn't say dynamite because that's not his catchphrase. That's not. That's he can't say clue because <laughs> right. Clues Clues owns the past as well. Um, Mabel has a sneaky idea. Raj's mom. She starts asking a few questions about the doctrine of yeah. this thing. Has anyone ever seen this mother nature that they worship, etc.? And it becomes clear in this moment that we're not going to the authorities. We're going to handle this with sitcom justice. We learned uh, vigilante justice from the doobies last week. <laughs> yes. So let's see if we can do that this time. Man, we can doobie that this time. We're, we're just going to, we're going to, why would we report this to the authorities when we could handle this ourselves with costumes? Also coming this fall, Doobie Brothers, Texas Ranger. <laughs> Uh, Dee does have a really good line where she says she's going to go make herself a sandwich with tuna fish, mayonnaise, tomatoes, and Ralph. And Ralph. It's Which Ralph good. is, I guess, in the 70s didn't mean barf. But every time they say Ralph, like we oh, worship Ralph and have Ralph on my sandwich, well, I just hear barf because I came of age in the 90s. Sure. So now we are going to have the supreme ordeal. We go back to the temple and now there are a bunch of members there. Yeah. And they're all emptying their money into a big pot. And talking about their visions. This is an interesting thing to point out because I don't know if it was intentional, but it also feels like something that's not necessarily circumstantial. Most of the, if not all of the characters we ever see on what's happening are African-American. Yeah. All of the people being taken by this cult are African-American. Are they? There's no, only black people in this room. I could have sworn. Uh-uh. I really? looked twice okay. because That's I was fair. like, there well, is. Well, you saw it on Crackle. I did see it on Crackle. In, in all of HD glory. There is something about black people stealing from black people. Or like like you came into your own community and perpetrated this. It sure. reminds me of like research that we did about um, when we talked about the Doogie Hauser episode. This idea of, of like if we don't look out for each other, who will kind of thing that feels sure. really insidious to me. So I just kind of wanted to point out that that felt like, um, if we're going to talk about this neighborhood and this family, then we have to, we have to be conscious of the fact that like, these are the people who would be caught up in this. Sure. That felt to me like kind of a plus point to the writers a little bit. So it wasn't just like, well, we need to make it look like we got a nun in here and we got like an Asian guy. And it's like, no, if this happens in Watts and this is the community, then this is what the composition of his room looks like. I mean, I, I, I agree as much as I haven't disqualified the writers for making, you know, just 
fucking through the looking glass episode of what's happening. Right. True. Werner Herzog. He did a good job. Let's, all, let's call him out on it. What has occurred? What has occurred? The members are all talking about their visions. So they, you get up and you put all your money into a big cauldron and talk about your visions. And the high priest reminds them that the goal is to be free of sin and money by mm-hmm. midnight. Yeah. This is not a long con. This thing. It's this a three-day con. It's a tiny short con. Um, That's why they can run it all over California. Just keep moving on three days so. later. Also, uh, just in case you're, you've are got your fingers crossed, uh, folks at home, no, they will never get justice for the rest of California that fell for this. Mm-mm. They Mm-mm. will barely get justice for the people in this group. They don't even inform the... No, we'll get there. Yeah. So, Rerun goes up to share a vision. He puts some money in the pot, and then he sits on the pot. Squats on the pot. And squats on the pot and gets stuck. So, of course, the high priest and priestess get up and try to, like, pry him off the money money pot. pot, But he's stuck or pretending to be stuck. And he relates his vision. He says, Mother Nature appeared to him and told him to sit on the money pot and then to give the money back to her followers because she only needs love. She doesn't need money. So, of course, the high priest and priestess, the scam artists, are trying to remove him from the money pot. But he says that only Mother Nature can remove him. And life is love is kind of frantically like, Mother Nature's never coming. She's just an idea. Which sets up... Big smoke. Deus Ex Mabel King. Deus Ex Mabel. (laughs) Um, I guess it looks... I can't tell because I'm not old enough what they're... I'm listening. Is it like a... Is it like a pest repellent yeah, spray? I think that's what they're doing. Can't, it's like a super old-fashioned spray can. It's not. He's not doing the 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 classic like pump thing. It's right. some sort of like clapper or another. But it looks like a makeshift pest repellent can. I mean, I only yeah. know that from hope, Acme cartoons. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too. And I hope it's not. It's not insecticide. They're spraying all over. They these do poor later people. say all of that smoke or all yeah. that fog. So it reminds me of once when my brother was in Boy Scouts. They were doing some sort of Boy Scouts. Um, presentation and someone just thought oh we'll make a bunch of smoke with a fire extinguisher Boy. and the whole hall had to be cleared out like yeah. you can't spray fire extinguisher foam everywhere and then like people just sit there and <laughs> watch it no. it's also not the kind of thing you practice Mm-mm. someone just had that idea and they were like yeah the day of the show we'll try and we'll try out the fire extinguisher plan speaking of dumb things uh <laughs> that you do when you're a kid my sister and i once decided we wanted to smoke Wanted sure. to like try smoking, but of course our parents, the straightest of edges, did not have any cigarettes in the house. My sister and I were not deterred. We <laughs> took, I believe, construction paper and just rolled it up into tubes sure. and then lit the ends on fire sure. and then inhaled heartily <laughs> like a couple of fucking nimrods. And we we're like, well, this is unpleasant. So I'm pretty sure I swallowed some actual flames. <laughs> Because we lit it on fire and then just inhaled. We were like, oh, this is how it works. Real dragon and Tennille move. Dragon and Tennille move. <laughs> we're only getting one episode of that. <laughs> so, so in the middle of all this smoke, Mabel, mm-hmm. Raj's mom, comes in dressed as Mother Nature. Yeah. She removes Rerun from the money pot and they start handing people back their money. Yeah. And of course, the con artists protest and the high priest tries to grab Mabel, who of course responds with... It's not nice to feel Mother Nature. Jesus Christ, this joke. Which is a big laugh line because it's not nice to fool Mother Nature was a catchphrase for Siobhan Marjorie ads yeah. in the 70s. The, the 70s, I swear to God, I'm, I'm surprised this is the first time it's come up or maybe this is the first time we've stopped to talk about it because it is very like in the episode, she pauses because she's like, 
get ready for this audience. <laughs> she really does. Um, the, the, it's not it's not nice to fool Mother Nature. It must have been the most clever commercial in all of the 70s. Yeah. Like all that mankind had ever created. Yep. Because it gets referenced so goddamn much. It gets much. referenced to the point where I knew what this joke was, and I don't think I've ever seen that commercial. I think I've seen that commercial, but... You know, I long before I even knew what that commercial was, I've yeah. been hearing that joke. I immediately was like, oh, that's that margarine commercial. I did have to look up the brand name, yes, but I, I knew exactly what that joke was. Yeah, I can picture it in my mind. Yep. Uh, do, uh, what do you think? Do you think chiffon margarine is a nice to fool Mother Nature? Better joke material than they shoot horses or <laughs> less good? So, um, so Mabel tosses Ralph in the air and says, let us go, which is, actually made me laugh. This has been quoted by the great kids for, for decades and decades. <laughs> she picks it up and she says, let us go. <laughs> and Lord have mercy if we didn't say that uh, every time we it's had to go line. somewhere. Yeah, yeah Everyone runs out, grabs their money, you know, back and runs out. And the con artists are kind of left there with their you know, empty handed. Well, with their previously ill gotten gains. Right. And this is, this is where this episode starts to unravel for Chelsea. Because oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> to be the spiraling descent into yes! madness of rerun. Exactly. Not even a rerun because now we have all these other people caught up in this. Oh yeah. No, I know this too. They have their money back. However, aren't they even more indoctrinated than they were before? Because, because now they've fucking, fucking seen mother nature. The spirit of the woods came unto them. And also there, there's been no expose of the con artists. No. They have their money back, but they haven't been like deprogrammed, I think is a word we don't use really anymore for cult survivors. But the idea what that do like, you use? What I don't know, I, I don't know. Why I, don't you say deprogrammed? I feel like I heard someone recently say we don't use that word anymore. I don't know. That's eh, fine. But well, the, all they've got to do is go like know, 10 blocks east or west and just do it again. Exactly. And also they have no proof that this scam is a bad idea. They haven't learned a lesson. They have not learned. They a have lesson. lost one three days worth of work, Yeah. but no one has turned them in. No one has like made them see the error of their ways in a way that sitcoms sometimes do. They're yeah. just going to go do this again. And based on this episode, they were th- this scam of three days away from retiring in Tahiti. Yes. So or at just least just it. going there. They're going to do it one more time in San Francisco. Sure. And then we're good. Fucking try Los Feliz. There's a bunch of nuts up there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fucking Silver Lake, they'll eat that shit that's, up. But that's like Mooney's territory, so maybe yeah. they don't want to oh. get into it. <laughs> Imagine um, a bunch of, <laughs> a bunch of bald people like, menacingly hitting their tambourines <laughs> against their hands. Tambourine turf war. <laughs> it's like a real West Side Story. Yeah. Yeah. Situation in the streets of Los Feliz. Tambourine turf war. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm into it. So, um, all right. So we have a we have the the journey home, which is just them going home and going. We did a great job. Yeah, they're all laughing about their escapades. Mabel says, "Rerun, I hope you learned something from this." And Raj says, "Yeah, like the worst thing a man can do is lose his cool over a pretty face." I which sets up. Yeah, here's the thing. I recently heard this term, which I'm a big fan of. I've been listening to uh, the Office Ladies podcast. Have you heard of this? Oh yeah, with um with Angela Kinsey and Jenna and, uh, Fisher. Yeah, Jenna Fisher. Uh, they made a reference on there where they the writers would come up with a lot of like talking head stuff, and a lot of it would get cut out of the episodes. So they would keep all of the cut out bits in a thing they called the candy jar. So when they had somebody in a room and they're like, hey, let's just have them record a bunch of stuff, they would you mm. know, take scripts from the candy jar and do it. I feel like this is that, where it's like, 
We have a line that Raj is going to say, but we don't have anywhere to put it. Hey, can we shoehorn it into this episode? We don't really sure. have an ending. I feel that that's what this feels yeah. like because it takes a sharp left turn. Yeah, a left turn that rerun cannot do in this bold. <laughs> so true. But D says the some girl called while yeah. y'all were out doing sitcom justice, and and Raj <laughs> she wants you to come over and help her with her homework, and it turns out it's Sharon, the homecoming queen. Yeah. And of course he's just said like don't lose your cool over a pretty face, but then he jumps up and runs out, and he's like, "There's nothing better here than a pretty face." And, and he gives a boom, shall boom, which is basically. If his cultural capital is that he's smart, this is like throwing his money in the pot in front yeah. of a pretty face. But what are women but cults, Chelsea? What are every woman is a cult unto herself. Mm-hmm. So Rerun is sitting here now. He's still bald. He has his money back, some of it. He has his beret back. But he's also got a realization that he hates his life and can't do anything about it. Not only it. that, he is not free from a cult for two seconds before somebody's like, wait, I'm going to choose a woman over you right now, bye, and bounces. This is so, I was like, okay, you can't you can't leave him in this place, writers. This got so no. dark for me. I was Truly. like, we're going to cut the legs off a rerun here because his only thing he's got going for him is his happy-go-lucky attitude and the fact that he can roll with the punches. Chelsea, truly, you cannot rerun from yourself. You can't rerun from yourself. This person can re- cannot rerun away from his problems what any longer. Occurred? What has occurred? What has occurred? So that's the fucking end of it. And I was yeah. just like... Oh my God! No, they don't. They aren't cleaning any of this up. No. Here's the thing, Chelsea, and 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 I feel like this. If we disqualify or discount the idea that the writers were like, "Oh, I didn't realize this got this dark," or whatever, I feel like a case could be made that the writers either didn't realize because, or they didn't bother because, as a fat character. You know, fat characters in sitcoms, especially in the 70s and 80s, are subhuman. They're super dumb, yeah. too. Like, of and course, Rerun got sucked into this. Yeah. It would never happen to Raj. There's nothing to them. Uh, and I feel like that's part of this, uh, which is even more upsetting than just, hey, that cartoon or that, that fictional character got kind of shit on. It's like, if you're fat... Well, fucking, what do you deserve? Again, what would they have done if they had cast a skinny white guy in this know. part? What would his character have been? Oh, so for me, and I have been justifiably and rightly accused of reading too much into things. Sure. It's what I do. It's what we both do on this podcast. Sure. Maybe the writers were not thinking anywhere near in terms of like, oh, we've we've taken this person to a place that we can't get them out of before mm. the next episode. And we're just ending on this note. Fine. This also doesn't do very much to warn you away from or shine lights on cults either. No, no. Which was ostensibly the point of this episode. Yeah. Was to teach people like, oh, don't join cults. They're just after your money. It doesn't even really do that. And and if it does, Chelsea, it really kind of takes down... All of the religions ever. I've never been a part of a religion that's not like... I mean, I was raised Southern Baptist and Baptist. And halfway through the service every time, they'd be like, give us some money, why don't you? 10% of everything that you own belongs to the church. Yeah, tithing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I, I But it also is kind they of... They didn't even help me lose weight. <laughs> but did they make you uh, pray to a head of lettuce? That's the important... I mean, who knows what God looks like, Chelsea? This is true. There are cult education websites that will tell you 
the oh, warning that sounds like signs. a trap. That sounds like a trap. Well, no, the that warning like signs. Mm-hmm. The warning signs to look for. Let me ask you this like, real quick. If I, Can I understand this or do I have to go to the website to, in order to understand it? This is the thing. See, you're too smart already for a cult. But <laughs> this is the thing is I was like, oh, I copied and pasted this list into my notes, warning signs if you're in a cult, mm-hmm. expecting then as we go through the episode to check them off. Oh, not even. Huh? No, like not even. Well, give us some of these. So... Absolute authoritarianism without meaningful accountability. Sure. We don't really have anyone questioning the cult leaders even at the end. And yeah. then and then being like, You just listen to me, I know what I'm talking about. Like because we don't have an expose moment. And there's a lot from yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, absolutely. Um there is a re- unreasonable fear about the outside world, such as intending catastrophe, evil conspiracies, and persecutions. I mean, in this case, rerun is justified to be upset and afraid of the outside world. Well, yeah, which but which only means but it's harm. Not part of not, it's part, not part of, of the not cult. Part of the cult. They're not doing that. Um, followers are always wrong in leaving. Negative, even evil. That's a big thing not of a cult. Is about, like yeah. you can you can figure out if you're in a cult by knowing what happens if you try to get out of it. There you go. Records, books, news articles, or television programs that document the abuses of the group or leader. Like there's, there's nothing, there's no one, there's one person who's like, this Wanda is a con artist, but there's no like, oh, I've heard of them. They're no good, you know? Yeah. And then followers feel they can never be good enough. That's the opposite of what happens. Yeah. It, it feels he like. It great. It's one of those like, don't drink, except you'll be way more fun at parties if you do. And then. There's just all these things. Like, there's no legitimate reason to leave. There is no meaningful financial disclosure regarding the budget, regarding the budget or expenses. In fact, we have a huge pot of money. We know exactly how much money they're making because yeah, it's sitting in exactly. the middle of the room. Like this episode, basically anti-ticked off all the signs that you're in a cult. Truly, do you think that if there is a, a cult out there that ticks off all these signs, do you think we should call it Scientology? We should. Uh, Miles, uh, by, I didn't give you this yet, but you got a letter from Scientology yesterday. It's sitting right over there. Um, <laughs> they knew. They, they're after you. There was a CBS article in 2018 that said there are up to 10,000 cults still existing today just in the U.S. Mm. 10,000 cults. Sure. But most of them are extremely small and very deliberately try to stay under the radar. So unless they commit a crime or there's some sort of big thing that draws attention to them, mm. we generally don't know about them. Sure. But there are 10,000 Life is loves out there, just trying to catch reruns. There are ten thousand s- small uh, religious organizations. Do they classify them as cults specifically, or is it just? I think they're calling them cults because they aren't an organized religion. No, it says uh, they call them uh, dangerous groups. Oh. So I think the idea is that if the group is potentially harmful to you, or I think honestly, the litmus test for a cult is can you leave if you want to? Sure, I think that's really. Yeah, and and I think that's why a lot of you know you, when you see religious organizations or, or, or things like that, it's like you can leave anytime you want. Cool, where's the door? You can leave anytime you want. Yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, but that's uh, real Hotel California, as I like to call. Or them. you can leave, but then you can't ever talk to your friends or family sure. again. That sort of thing. Like that's a. There are certain sort of in this in this day and age of very like there are a lot of new agey people out there, people that have followings on social media, that yeah. kind of thing. The word cult gets used for those people a lot. And normally it's just sort of like, what does this person do when people aren't their followers anymore? Do That's they true. do they try to smear them on the internet? Yeah. Do they try to take all their assets away from them? Or did they just let them go? That's the best test. Well, in this religion that we've made up, the one that ticks off all the signs called Scientology. 
they that I would assume that they would, you know, really get families involved in it, and then if you leave, you're essentially abandoning your family. Yeah, that and would they be used the to dangers set up fucking websites about people sure. being like, "Who is this?" You know, like trying to trying to absolutely destroy their reputation. They don't have the power to do that that they used to. Yeah, but in the '90s, especially, or journalists that would try to expose them be, be being followed all the time. Like, yeah. that's a fucking cult. I mean, in this made-up religion, you could say that they'd probably. Scientology would have, uh, you know, propagated a an attack on the CIA in order to cleanse their own files. Yeah, it's fucking It'd Scientology. Be, sounds crazy. They're insane. But it's actually a thing. S I N S I G N Tology. Scientology. 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 Um, I can't be held responsible if you can't understand what I'm saying. I'm ill. So yeah. In terms of would I show this to someone <sighs> to try to keep them out of a cult today? I feel like, like we shouldn't show this to anybody. Absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. I feel like there's a real dark undercurrent of, of what happens to Rerun. I'm glad you pointed that out. I had only taken it from like, wow, they'd rather he be, you know, suckered in by a cult as long as he lost a little bit of weight. But you're right. It is just, I mean, I guess I would show this to somebody only under the circumstances of here's how they treated fat characters in sitcoms. Here's how poorly yeah. they treated fat this characters. This is a really, really good one in terms of like, let's contrast this with episode three of the first season of Shrill or something. Sure. Just to even show how people yeah, talk about I themselves. Mean, well, the fact that, that's, that this is such a rampant thing now that we've discussed it, it's, it's very clear. But the fact that it's not even mentioned in the episode, nobody makes any kind of a point or apology or, or even notices it. It's, it's really, you know, how insidious that sort of viewpoint yeah, is. Yeah, no one's ever like, maybe he felt like he needed new friends because we're really shitty to him no, and we could be, be nicer. Couldn't like, be. couldn't be bothered. He can't think about that. He's fat. <sighs> oh, um, God. Okay, what did we learn? What did we learn? I learned that this is where my brother and sister and I got let us go. That's good. From that's all I needed to learn. That's a good one. Learn. Yeah. I hey, learned, remember that. Yeah. I learned something from Mental Floss. Okay. Which was that as I was watching this episode, actress Mabel King, when she comes in as Mother Nature and uh-huh. she's like, I am Mother Nature and just kind of crossing the stage with her arms held out straight on a diagonal in this big loud voice. I was like, she looks like a stage actress. I bet she was a stage yeah. actress. And then in the Mental Flaws article, it says that she played the Wicked Witch of the West in the Broadway production of The Wiz, which earned her a Drama Desk Award nomination just yes. a year before she took the role in this sitcom. What? So she was like a Broadway this sensation. The The other funny bit of trivia is that Ernest Thomas, who played Raj, had seen her in that part oh. about 15 times. He loved, he loved The That's Wiz. fantastic. And he went and saw it on Broadway, he says, 15 times. And then a year later... He got cast oh, as her mother. Oh, that must have been amazing. Yeah. To Isn't be that like, fun? I saw you so many times. Exactly. You're my mom now. Um, so I thought that was a, <laughs> I thought that was a fun bit of trivia, and I, I sort of sensed it in my bones while he, watching the episode. Here's something that would have been, uh, I, I mean, this looking up past rerun exploits would have been my jazz research if it had gone anywhere. But I did learn that there was an episode called Going Going Gong. Sure. Where rerun um, goes on the Gong Show. Yes, he does. <laughs> well done. Uh, Raj wants to be a, a talent agent for a, a young dance troupe, but rerun threatens to upend his plans when he wants to be a dancer on the Gong Show, but he's too good. Um, too good. He's too good. 
but then he fakes a leg injury and and doesn't compete so that Raj can have his dream instead. Aww. But then I also learned that Going Going Gong is a Japanese uh, game show in in Japan. Oh, currently? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Nice jazz research. Thanks. Who do you want to hug? Rerun. Rerun. Yeah. Just rerun. Sorry, Fred Barry. What a fucking. D needs to. D needs to have her mouth uh, washed out with soap. How about that? She was a really mean this Somebody episode. Somebody's be like, hey, or just convince uh, rerun. No, she's talking. She's actually talking to the floor. Just every she time. She does not care for the floor. Yeah. Well, Chelsea, uh, what are we watching next time? Next time we are going to watch an episode of Roseanne, our very first Roseanne, mm-hmm. season six, episode four, Stash from the Past. And you can watch that on Amazon Prime. It's included. Yeah, absolutely. Go check that out. Uh, who knows what kind of stash it will be. Perhaps it's a stash of political correctness. On Roseanne? What? Never. Never. <laughs> this commercial fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> so check it out next time. Thank you so much for tuning in this time, and we will see you next time. Bring snacks. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hugging and Learning. If you want to visit us online, our website is huggingandlearning.com, where you can find links to all the articles we talked about today, as well as our post office box where you can mail us snacks. Subscribe to our podcast, rate and review, and tell your friends about us. If you want to drop us a line, you can email us at huggingandlearningpodcast at gmail.com. You can tell us about the experiences you've had with things we talked about. Or you can send us suggestions on which episodes we should do next. Our podcast is produced by Miles Pulaski, who also wrote our theme music. I'm Andrew. And I'm Chelsea. See you next time. Bring snacks. How long do I let it sit there before it's tea?